For me, I believe that's a starting point, is understanding what your consumers' needs are, because that very much dictates, you know, what the, the, the product and the output that you create from there. So I am really excited to uh, introduce you today, Elaine, Elaine Morris, who is the founder of Curious Edge. And Elaine is a really experienced leader of high achieving teams, a coach and a sounding board for managers and leaders. She's got a huge uh, level of experience as a researcher. Uh, and as a result, has developed a really deep understanding for consumer behaviour, which I think in today's world is absolutely crucial in terms of working out how to get your products to market in the best way and in a way that uh, people are going to engage with. So if that wasn't enough, in addition to all of that, she's she's a wife and a mum, and I'm told uh, the owner of a very cute Labradoodle, which we must hear. I mean, obviously, we're interested in the kids and the husband and what have you, but we're particularly interested, <laughs> Elaine, in the Labradoodle. So, um, yeah, welcome, Elaine. Lovely Thank to you. have you really with us. Um, now, tell us, what's the Labradoodle called? Oh, she's called Sprocket. Sprocket? Uh, after Fraggle Rock, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, I can hear that theme. I'm not going to get that theme tune out of my head now for the rest of the day. Aww. Yeah, no, no. She's very, very cute, and um, we always thought that um, my mum, the way that my mum would say Sprocket, oh, Sprocket, mm -hmm. you're a lovely wee lass. Uh -huh. So we just, it stuck. So whenever we said we will buy a dog at some point, and when we did buy a dog, it had to be, uh, the name had to be Sprocket. Sprocket. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I love it. So um, I guess where uh, I'd love to start is um, just in the introduction there, I was talking a little bit about your background in consumer research and consultancy of over 20 years now. Mm. So you've seen such a vast that, yeah. amount of change, I would imagine in buying habits and behaviours and so on and so forth. But first of all, tell us what, what, got, what got you started on that career path? Well, um, I did a um, business management degree and um, there was modules within that degree that was focused on consumer behaviour. Um, and it was just something that really interested me, really. And... Um, and I thought it might be a really, you know, from a psychology point of view, I thought it would be interesting to to try it out as a career. So um, when I left university, I just littered loads of um, agents, research agencies around me um, to look at graduate programmes and uh, opportunities, really, and, and was fortunate enough to uh, to land my first um, research executive position in a, a small, uh, small research organisation who at that time specialised in social research. And that's where the career began. Been a very small organisation. I was absolutely thrown in at the deep end. Um, so you know, when you talk about learning by your mistakes, it was absolutely learn, learn out, learning by doing, and you know, and uh, and learning from from mistakes. Um, uh, and yeah, just I, I loved it working in both qual and quant research. So I had exposure to so much at such an early stage um, in my career. So um, so yeah, and stuck with it for many years to come after that yeah clearly something got you got you hooked and maybe we can come on to a little bit more about um whether you uh, enjoy most doing the kind of product-based research or the social and behavioral based stuff and, and and how that works or is it all of it and does it all just gel together nicely from a research perspective but you've worked with some pretty serious uh, corporate brands, haven't you, in terms of big businesses? And you mentioned there that you started out life in a small business. So um, how 
Tell us a little bit, if you can, about how your insights and your work shaped those products and services, because sometimes the perception in corporate entities and businesses is they're so big, it's quite difficult to influence things. So how did your, um, your job and your role in that activity of research influence the, influence the outcome of brands, etc.? I experienced the opposite to that. Actually, I was very fortunate in the the organisations. We started out in consultancy, but then moved into to work for some some really quite iconic organisations. So, um, you know, first first the Hallmark, and you know, they were a fantastic organisation to work for. They they were an organisation which um, really valued consumer insight um, and I was lucky enough to progress within the years that I was there um, and and the reason for that I believe I think was because um, my role was very much about I wouldn't sign any project off without having people involved in that so we had product teams merchandising teams the marketing team all of those individuals coming together to you know to to listen to the spoken word of consumers you know to hear it for themselves and that's for them i think realizing over that time how important that was because they learned from that you know they observed behavior they could hear for themselves and that just um was a catalyst for ideas i think you know what what um opportunities did that voice of the customer give but also where were they getting it right with their product lines um and where were perhaps potential opportunities or barriers um, that was perhaps um, uh, having an impact on sales. Um, maybe sales weren't as strong as they could be. Um, so I was quite fortunate in the organisations that I have, that they really did put consumer at the heart of all of their decisions. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, f- for me being involved in that was... was um, was fantastic because, you know, they. Um, I felt part of it. I felt like something. I felt I could see what I was doing. I could see that, you know, translate into products on the shelf, mm-hmm. to the way that things were merchandised, to the messaging, to the pricing. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be invited to product sign-offs where I would actually have a voice and saying that doesn't meet the customer needs or, you know, I think we're missing something here. Um, so it's very long-winded way of saying I was actually really in a fortunate position where organisers did take it seriously and actually invested a lot in understanding consumer behaviour and, and understanding those needs of consumer. For me, I believe that's a starting point is understanding what your consumers' needs are because that very much dictates, you know, what the, the, the product and the output that you create from there. Mm-hmm. And in order to uh, provide that or, or to have that degree of influence, which, which sounds fantastic, um, Sometimes I think, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're speaking to a brand manager or the product owner and clearly they're immensely passionate about the brand or the product that they've developed um, and you might be having to tell them that it just hasn't quite landed as well as it could have done or even perhaps the, the consumer or the, the buyer of them just isn't getting it, isn't wanting it. What kind of, um, is, are there measures, are there approaches that you use to help you um, do that influencing? You know, are there, I guess what I'm looking for is particularly for many of the businesses that we work with, um, they need real hard, tangible outcomes. And sometimes, you know, consumer research, because it's a lot about behaviours and so on and so forth, can be seen as a bit intangible by people. Could you just explain to us a little bit about where the, the, the real tangible outcomes come in or this, the data and the, and the evidence base comes yeah. from? Yeah, absolutely. So let me give you some examples. It's probably the easiest way to explain it. So if, um, 
if um, and I've seen this a lot and I've worked with this a lot of big organisations where somebody sits in a room and has a great idea for a product it's going to work you know or a marketing message or something that's going to get out there and they think it's great I don't need to do anything and then fortunately someone might step in and say well why don't we just test this with consumers don't need to do that no yeah actually you do <laughs> and um and very often I've put that product or messaging in front of a consumer and they, they haven't got a clue what it means. <laughs> they don't understand it. They don't they, what does that word mean? Or, you know, what does this product do? Um, oh, I've already got something that's like that. Mm-hmm. At home and I prefer that. I don't like the colours on that or mm, the packaging's too small. Can you see where there's, there's a lot of different um, facets of a, of a product? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that's where just testing it... <laughs> gives you that uh, lens into mm-hmm. how the consumers see it. So if they, if you have a product on the shelf, how are they going to interpret it? Are they even going to see it? Are they going to, are they going to track to it? Is there a blocker or a barrier? Um, you know, they're from, that's stopping them from interacting or picking it up. Um, so that's one thing. So that's why I work with a lot of organisations to test the products first or to test the marketing messages to make right. sure that not necessarily that it's wrong, but it's as strong as it can be before you launch. Because there's nothing worse than you investing in something which somebody doesn't want or they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So that's where I talk about de-risking it. Because there's, there's two. One is de-risking it. And the other thing is actually about making that product as or service as strong as it can be to give it the best chance of success. And it's, it stops you from uncovering these barriers later down the line. So that's one thing when you're talking about products, you know, the, the testing products. I think the second is when products are actually, or services are, are, are um, lodged, perhaps your sales aren't as strong as they could be, or you want them to be, something's not right. That's when going out to your customers or consumers and asking and, and understanding their experience of it, that allows you to uncover what some of the barriers and blockers are potentially to those those sales. Why why isn't it um, as strong as you, you would you would hope it to be in terms of your your sales? So really understanding customer experience is critical, and you and that's not just about product or service. That's about the whole journey. So website navigation is a is a one where we do quite a bit for clients, but customer experience, particularly now, mm-hmm. user experience, and that's that can be as simple as just observing how people um, find out about you in the first place and then when they actually if if it's a website for example that they're making a purchase on how are they actually navigating it what are the blockers that are getting in the way from them potentially seeing the full range of the products so there's kind of a user experience side of things and obviously the third one for me is a biggie is about new product development so one of the things that I absolutely love is when we observe customers in their natural states you know um, because if you ask customers what do they want they find it very hard to give mm. you tell you what exactly what that is but actually if you just observe you see things you see interactions I do a lot of observations in home for example um, on food and 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 how uh, consum- uh, households interact with each other because you're observing and you're seeing you're seeing what the problems are and it's from there that's the dynamite that's the bit where you can uncover um, solutions so what do the consumers need and what solutions can you provide? to them and that really is a catalyst for new product development as well brilliant that's that's really really helpful and i can uh, i can tell that you feel 
you know, really strongly, but also you've got a real passion for passionate. this whole notion of consumer behaviour. What is it that really, what is it that particularly fascinates you about it? Uh, I've always been very passionate about it because I have worked, um, I've got a really strong background in retail, but being a consultant either side of that experience actually has allowed me to work across sectors. So mm -hmm. um, some of the most interesting projects are ones that you would never think would, would be. Um, and I, I just, I love meeting people and I just love understanding what you know why do they um why do they say that <laughs> why are they doing that you know what is it about you know you just observe them in a shopping center you you take them into your competitors and you say what are they looking at what are they drawn to how does the messaging you know what what are they using to navigate their way around a store or online it just I just find, I, I think being a researcher, you're constantly learning. Mm -hmm. That means you've, you're finding out new things all the time and that's what makes me passionate. And also, sorry, just one, one more thing. I think the reason that I set up my business was because I've always worked for big corporates. Mm -hmm. Not always, but most of the time it's big corporates. And I just see an opportunity to work with small, smaller businesses, small to medium-sized businesses who perhaps don't understand the power of research and how it can help them. Um, because it is powerful and I have a passion to, I can help them to see that, you know, to, to use that opportunity that Insight presents to allow them to help them to grow. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really interested in working with those businesses who are passionate to grow, but just need that support and help to get there. Sure. And it feels like it must be like information overload when you walk into be. a supermarket or something, <laughs> you know, that you're, you're absorbing all that that's going on at the same time. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, what brought you to set up Curious Edge? Because you've had this phenomenal career in the kind of corporate environment, worked with some tremendous brands. And now you've set up Curious Edge, which, as you say there, yeah. is about trying to bring all of the um, expertise and the um, business benefit of consumer research and behavioural analysis, etc., into smaller businesses. And I think that's sometimes quite tough because, you know, they are smaller, they have less resources, they operate at a different pace. So how is, how is Curious Edge packaging what you do to meet yeah. the needs of SMEs versus the, the corporate environment? Yeah, well, so firstly, yes, I do have uh, um, a lot of experience in, in research, but I've also had a lot of people experience as well. Um, I'm very passionate also about my teams, that they learn and develop, you know, and I give them the support to do that. Um, and on top of that, I, you know, it was one of the areas that I really enjoyed. So um, over the last few years, I've studied to be an executive coach as well, and I now have a qualification through Institute of Leadership and Management. Um, and... So packaging all of that together, I think um, doing that was tough. It was a tough few years trying to be a mum mm -hmm. and, um, you know, work um, worked four days a week and long hours and studying on top of that. And, um, you know, I just um, so having my own business is something I wanted to do for quite a long time. Um, and once I'd got through the other side of all of that, I just felt that I was ready. I was ready to do that. I was ready to, to try it, um, to have faith in myself. Um, and so I thought what I could do was bring that experience of research and um, to small businesses to help them because 
the message I really want to get across is it doesn't have to be expensive. I know cost is a prohibitor, but it doesn't have to be. And one of the areas that I'm so passionate about and the big message for me is you have to start with what you've got. <laughs> People don't realise in businesses that you already have a lot of information. Um, about your own business, the sales, your customers, complaints potentially, and even you know people that are, if they're calling you and asking you for, um, have you got availability of this product? Where can I find it? All of these things are is insight, um, and on top of that, there is a massive amount of information out there on the internet right now. You need to know your markets, your competitors, what are they doing, how are they pricing products, um, what are the consumer trends? There's loads of consumer trends out there. You can get them anywhere on the internet because you have to understand that because it provides you a lens to see what might be facing you as a business in the future so it doesn't have to be expensive you just have to have some time mm -hmm. and I can help businesses with that as well but just to, to bring all of that story onto one page so I'm, so I'm doing that but also um, using I'm very passionate about my um, coaching um, and that is another layer for me with businesses because that is about it's okay to have all this insight and opportunity but what about the growth mindset of your leadership team to really drive that forward so that's also where I'm working with business to help them harness that potential in themselves and the other individuals around them. Brilliant. And, and that's such an important point, isn't it? Because you can have all the information that you want in a business, but if you don't do anything with it and you don't engage the entire business around that and empower people to use it, then it's, it's pretty useless, isn't it, at the end of the day? So I can see where the kind of coaching uh, blends really, really well with uh, the actual technical uh, side of what you do in terms of uh, of the research. So um, just coming on to then, uh, you know, you as an entrepreneur and a founder of Curious Edge, and uh, you've you've had that that career from starting out in small business to working into in you into the corporate environment, and now you're right back at the coalface, you know, in, in the early stages of your own business. How's that? How's that been? You know, what would you say to people in terms of of you, you have been the real highs, but where are the things where you'd go, you, you know, try not to do this or <laughs> don't think about that? Yeah. I, well, firstly, in a nutshell, I, I love it. I think, you know, it's given me everything that I would hope it would in terms of the flexibility with, you know, with my... I'm, I have to be honest, I've had several miscarriages in the last few years. And, you know, and, and the reason I talk about that now is because there's so many women experience the same thing and it's part of your mm -hmm. story. And so I needed to take a step off. Mm -hmm. I just needed to to believe in myself that I something that I have something to offer. Um, and, you know, and so it, you know, it was a big decision to make, but one that I felt really empowered to do because I felt ready to do mm -hmm. it. But it's hard, you know, at the beginning, you you have all of these things you feel you need to do. Oh, I need to have a website, I need to have a business card, I need to have... And actually, after a few weeks, I had to stop and say, <laughs> you don't actually need all of this. What you uh -huh. need is your brain power and you need a mouth <laughs> because you need to go and talk to people. And and that's what I found now too. Everything's not perfect and, you know, but that's okay. But the most powerful thing for me has been building my network and, you know, being, I, I get involved in um, some local um, uh, 
business forums that meet up and I enjoy I don't get much business out of them but that's okay because what I do is I contribute to that and mm-hmm. I help them that mm-hmm. I contribute back um, you know I've become more active in LinkedIn um, you know thinking about what can I put out in LinkedIn that would really help people um, but the one most powerful thing I would love to share is something that my dad inspired me all my career and um the one thing I remember from a young age he said to me is always keep your contacts. And I'm very good at that because I'm a very social person anyway. Um, and um, and what I was able to do was to stop and write a list of everyone I knew, everyone that I wow. had from, you know, I worked with previously and, you know, people that I had met along the way. And suddenly that list becomes quite big. <laughs> you know, um, so that's that for me, I would say to any business, you know, just think about start again with what you've already got. What do you know? Who do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not about asking them for work or sales or whatever. It's about asking them for advice. And that's that's the most memorable thing for me on this journey. The amount of people who have stopped to give me their time um, and I will, whatever I can, pay that forward. Um, so um, so it's just about asking people advice and you just never know where that next opportunity might come from. That's fantastic and it is so easy to uh, fall into the trap, I think, of thinking you have to know everything, you have to have everything, as you're saying, you know, the whole kind of collateral piece of website business cards, etc. Um, but I think that's such a powerful message in terms of, you know, not being afraid to ask for advice. And generally speaking, I find, and it sounds like you found as well, people love to help. They do, actually. absolutely. You know, people love absolutely. to give in yeah. the business world. And I think, um, you know, it, people shouldn't be fearful of asking for advice or feeling ashamed that they don't know or whatever else. My experience is once you get over that barrier yourself, actually, it's it's absolutely yeah. fantastic because sometimes you find yourself, I think, fighting off advice, don't you? Yeah. Because people are so willing to provide it. I've never drank so much coffee in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's this budget where you have to be mindful of oh, spending. It's like I've never been out so much just for coffee with people. And I find people really interesting anyway. So sure. and they find opportunities to help each other. Um, and I think that's the most, and most conversations I've had, I will always leave that meeting with another person that they've put me in touch with. And that's where it comes from. That's where you generate those opportunities. Yeah, yeah that's great way to look at it and actually lots of the um interviews that that we do elaine and i think if i if i reflect back on the last few that i've done pretty much everybody's talked about the value of networking and getting yourself out there and sometimes getting over some of those personal barriers of walking into a room where you don't know anybody and so on and so forth and and the sheer power of it and what it's done for not just them personally but their business as well in a really practical way so that's a and I'm I'm deaf so that's a big thing for me you know I I really (laughs) that was one of my biggest barriers when I started out in my mm-hmm. own business because you have all the negatives like you know to people and there's nothing wrong with my brain it's just you know I find so networking be, can be quite tricky sometimes yeah, sure. but I've just had to get over that and and you know and I find that people are so accommodating of that as soon as you tell them so wow. you know I wouldn't keep that as a blocker for anyone who has difficulties like that um as well, well so. it sounds like you've come overcome some uh, incredible uh barriers frankly and and hurdles of getting into business and uh it's it's a great story and you're doing some great stuff so congratulations on on uh on that note in terms of um you talked a little bit there about uh it doesn't have to be expensive um and for you know sometimes small businesses sometimes young businesses when cash is tight which it is particularly for lots of businesses at the moment um it can be a barrier 
to engage in uh, in bringing in external experts into your business. Um, talk to us a little bit more about um, perhaps how quickly people would start to see um, a direct benefit from bringing in um, Curious Edge into their business and doing that sort of research and analysis on even just the data they already yeah. have, the information that they already had. Is it something that usually takes you know a few years to, to return results in terms of improved sales or... Yeah. Is it instantaneous? What's the no. kind of time frame? Yeah, it depends what it is. Um, right. is, is Fair it? enough. So for, if you've got something that's not working, sometimes it's the smallest thing, um, the smallest reason why it's not working. So just asking customer, you know, it could just be as simple as <laughs> putting some some products there, having some conversations with some custom, existing customers to understand why, right. you know, what is it, you know, th and that's quick. That's because some people realize, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that that was an issue. So the, you can change, you can change it. And I say that depending on what it is, because obviously I realize if you've got a product that's packaged in a certain way, you've got to run that line out. So, you know, that's not easy, but it could be some blockers to your website. That's the reason why people aren't able to purchase your product or see your product it may be something that in this current climate let's face it consumers are, are uh, cost conscious um so and um you know it costs you five times as much to win over a new customer than it does to retain your existing customer right, right, so yeah. actually there is a lot that you can do in terms of looking at your customer base how are they how are they dealing with the, the current climate, are they cost sensitive? And in which way is your, your product quite prohibitive? And that's all about then, it's about um, doing something to potentially look at your cost structure. You know, maybe there's some added benefits that you can provide a customer. So what I'm trying to say is it doesn't have to be, it's, it's about firstly going in and understanding what is the issue. Um, and that's something that just might give you some insight that's something that you can actually changed quite quickly so one really good example mm, of that was do. during uh, during lockdown obviously COVID hit and um, everything stopped um, but actually what I talked to some customers about was um, why don't you set up a, a customer tracker um, and um, and that was hugely successful and I'll tell you the reason why was because we were able everything as you remember was changing mm -hmm. weekly weekly things were changing barriers were coming into play customers yeah. were talking about the you know leaving a particular store because of x y and z we were able to have the finger on the pulse so we were able to not only understand okay so what's in consumers minds this week what are they worried about what are they saying about you and your yours and you were able to switch on make decisions really quickly and switch that on um, and that helped the business to businesses to really keep on top of, of the current situation. So that's another example of why keeping close to your customers can, you know, give you that added benefit sure. um, of, of being able to react as you need to, particularly in so this current climate. It sounds like that sometimes that perception that um, consumer market research can take quite a lot, long time. You know, you've got to do lots and lots of it to um, find the appropriate uh, level of data and insight. It sounds like actually quite the reverse in some ways that if you have it set up in the right way, it can actually help you be more agile and make um, better decisions more yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. from what you're describing yeah. there. And, and you know, we're really lucky. There's great resources all around the country. So if you go to, I know certainly because I'm from uh, from the Leeds area and Leeds has a phenomenal business library. It's free. You go in and you can access any market report. So there's there's market reports that through my career have been Mintel and keynote reports. They are market reports. So if you've got a specific sector, 
go in and have it going into your local it has to be a business library not just probably your local mm -hmm. uh, library and ask them for advice ask them what they've got and quite often those market reports will have um, will have um, forecasts for the next five years it will tell you what the trends are um, you know so there might be some opportunities in there that might just give you an eye of maybe what you could do to diversify <laughs> you know to think about what are the next the next thing for you and of course not forgetting all of the stuff that's already out there on the internet about um, there's lots of market reports out there for a variety of sectors that's a great tip I, I would never have known that so yeah. I'm certainly going to take that away thank you very much um, so in terms of um, your uh, let's talk a little bit about that uh, in terms of predictions for the future because it's kind of you know as businesses given the uh, turbulent times we've been through as individuals you know human beings let alone as colleagues in businesses or uh, corporate entities trying to predict the future is really really difficult uh, and I think perhaps uh, harder than ever and I know there's lots of information sources out there but things change at such a pace in today's world um, it is quite tough so I'm really keen to hear from you about what your predictions are around mm. how how consumer behaviours and purchasing um, sort of habits or, are, are going to change over the next five years? Yeah. What, what would you say if we, you got yeah, your crystal well, ball out? You're, I mean, well, I was just going to say, Christabel, I mean, you're, you, things are changing rapidly. Nobody would have, you know, thought about COVID would have landed and how that would have changed behaviours. Um, and, you know, so... I, th I think one would say, and, I've, and I won't talk about this too much because we've already we've already talked about it. But just thinking about how uh, customers, current consumers right now, they are thinking about what they're spending. They're changing, you know, they're, they're moving into not everybody, obviously, but you know, thinking about how they're spending, what they're buying. Um, you know, do they really need this? Do they need to kind of spend out on you know these kind of big products right now, or do they need to kind of rein it in? So they are changing their behaviours. Even things like we've trained ourselves to switch lights off and to save energy, and all of that is because of this worry around cost. So there's never been a better time to really understand, to be at the forefront of you know talking to your customers, creating that dialogue to understand what are they doing to prepare for that. You know, how are they buying? How are they spending? And looking at your, the, the cost structure and the benefits that you have for your customers and really trying to is emotional intelligence is something that a lot of businesses are talking about right now. How do you create emotional connection with your consumers mm. so that you're there for them and they, you understand them and you understand what they need? So I would say that's, that's, that's kind of one thing. Um, this um, sustainability is not going to go away anytime soon. Conscious consumer, absolutely conscious consumer is, um, you know, um, there is this perception that's been around for years for consumers that actually it's more expensive to buy a product that's deemed to be sustainable in some way, whether it's packaging or product. Um, and that is here to stay. But in this current climate, um, Consumers do not want to pay extra for that. They don't want to, if <laughs> they have to, but they're absolutely looking to, particularly Gen, um, uh, Gen Z. You know, they are thinking, they are the most co um, conscious consumer when it comes to sustainability. They're really thinking about the brands that they're buying into. And I've done a lot of projects for clients on this in this area. And what I would say to any business is make sure that whatever you do in the future, that you're, you're clear about your um, ESG 
um, strategy so people understand this um, environment and you know it's social strategy um, but it's it's not it's meaningful to consumers Mm-hmm. Not just about what you think is good to say on paper. Mm-hmm. It's got to be actionable, and you've got to be able to demonstrate that you've delivered on those um, uh, and, and those um, objectives. I guess you've said for yourself and your and your um, and even if you don't achieve it, that's okay. Just tell consumers where you are. Authentic authenticity is a big mm-hmm. big word at the moment, and particularly when it comes through this um, uh, sustainability. Um, technology so technology is obviously we've talked about technology for a long time but it's here to stay and that's all about the customer experience so people are looking for something that wows them you know they and that's in store and online as well you know something that is um, you know interactive um, you know something that just creates an experience for them that's what they're looking for, and we see technology playing a really big role in that. Um, you know, we talk about these uh, virtual changing rooms mm. and all of that. We've talked—that's not new. We've talked about that for a long time, but that's just going to heighten as we go as we go on down the line. So, um, so it's all about the experience moving forward for consumers. Interesting. So you, uh, this is one of the things that I've been, uh, you know, whether whether it's dinners or business events recently and people talking about the metaverse and all this VR stuff and what have you, you think it's here to stay and, you know, you need to be thinking about that as a business then? It's not just going to be a flash in the pan? Not at all. No, I don't believe it will be. No, I think it is all about, you know, and it goes back to emotional connection as well, mm-hmm. doesn't it, in a, in a way, and how you have that connection with your cousin. But understand what it is that, what, what, sorry, in a simple language, what floats the boat? You know, what are they looking for? Um, ask them these things and ask them what, and even by observing what they're already doing and looking at their behaviours, may just trigger an idea for you in a way to serve them that, you know, that, um, that just creates that, um, you know, that kind of bring them along the journey with you and creates that, um, you know, uh, that bond with your customers in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so there's, there's lots of opportunity, lots of things coming, but tech is still certainly one that plays alongside that and omni-channel, you know, that's absolutely... Consumers have become, during COVID, they've bought online. The Yes, they are venturing back into stores, which is great to see, but it's a hybrid now. It's very much yeah. a hybrid. Um, and I don't believe that will go away anytime um, either. Interesting. And you've certainly reminded me, uh, helpfully, Elaine, that uh, sometimes we don't ask enough questions. You know, we, we do too much talking at... Uh, customers rather than necessarily uh, asking listen, questions listen, and the, the value of that is yeah. is huge and you know you, you've certainly reminded me of that today so before I kind of um, sum up uh, I'm interested to know what next for you on your oh, entrepreneurial journey again. now you've took the plunge <laughs> yeah, we'll get that um, you know what what next yeah so I mean for me I'm still very much in the early stages of my business and I say on this journey as being you know I just want to see what opportunity brings, and that's a really nice position to be in. You know, I um, I have a real passion for insight, but I also have a real passion for coaching. So for me, it's about blending those together. And you know, if the ideal situation for me is to work with SMEs who are really passionate about the future, who really want help to understand where those opportunities might be. So that's a, you know, kind of in one that's sort of one area I really want to to push for. Forward on, and the, the second one really for me is to bring people like many people together in a room.
room. I love doing workshops. I, um, you know, I love having people in a room. I like having fun. I like doing some things that are interactive that have a real message behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, to you know, make people feel empowered, to make them feel positive, and um, that's certainly one of the areas that I'm looking at in the future um, as well to develop. That's that's it. Sounds uh, certainly exciting, and I hope you've got time for the family and the dog along <laughs> along the way, Absolutely. and you don't get. Well, that's uh, as a coach. That's one of my values. My key values for doing all of this is that um, that you know I have that that I'm able to be flexible where I can. And it's not always easy. You've got because you're committed to something, indeed. and then suddenly, as of last week, a child's off sick. You know, you just yeah. have to try and and juggle that. But between my husband and I, we're a good team, and and we've been able to do that. So far, so brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Elaine. And um, selfishly, I've actually taken away some really uh, key messages, and it's both introduced some new thinking to me, but also prompted me to remember some of the uh, old fundamentals, um, such as. So let's just try and summarise in terms of what we've uh, heard today. And I guess, first of all, why do research? And, you know, what benefit does it bring to your business? And how costly is it? Well, the message from Elaine has been that it doesn't have to be expensive. Think about where you've already got insight and information within your business, things like complaints, whether it's uh, people, you know, particular items that are out of stock continuously, you know, is that where the consumer trend is going, etc. So look at where you've already got information and insight in your business and how you can put it to to better use. And on that note, um, the it can significantly as well de-risk investment. So if you're thinking of improving an existing product or service or perhaps starting a new one, asking questions at the outset, testing thinking and theories rather than sitting thinking, oh, I know I know what my customers need or want, um, can significantly de-risk uh, the investment that you need to put into that activity. On new product development, um, it was really interesting this because Umi's been on a journey of late in terms of we've invested quite significant amount of time in new product development and really understanding in that process by using research what problems actually exist for your potential or existing customers? You know, where are they struggling and what are their needs? Rather than hypothetically coming up with what you think the problems are, using research to validate that, I think has come across really, really strongly. And then from a point of view of the future, um, a reminder that emotional connections with our customers are becoming increasingly important because so many people now are becoming much more conscientious and conscious as consumers. They're thinking about what they're buying and what its backstory it is, what backstory is, where it's from, where it's been, you know, um, and how people have been treated and the planet has been treated around that is really, really important. And um, for those technophobes amongst us, well, tough. It's here to stay by the sounds of things. And it's certainly going to be driving consumer habits and behaviours moving forward. And the last thing I'm going to uh, end on, because I think it is a really powerful and important message, ask questions. Uh, do less telling and ask questions, whether that's of your colleagues or your customers. Uh, get back into that mode of asking questions. So, um, 
I hope, like me, you found uh, the last 30 minutes or so really insightful and let alone interesting. And congratulations once again to Elaine for setting up what sounds like an absolutely tremendous business in Curious Edge. (laughs) 